to the very first Welcome to the Dog Pound podcast featuring my guy Mike Kit and Kit's Corner. Just a little bit about myself is that i a uh, big sports guy, history, um, movies, comic book stuff, and this podcast will kind of feature a lot of that, fun interviews and some fun banter between Kit and myself. So, Mike, why don't you introduce yourself too? Hi, everybody. I'm uh, Mike Kit, uh, big sports fan as well too. Um, I kind of serve myself a master, or a, sorry, a jack of all trades, but a master of none. I know a little bit about everything, but I couldn't go into detail in the history like Rob does. But um, that's uh, kind of my overall view. Yeah, big sports fan, big movies, TV. Um, trivia kind of guy so you know we're gonna have some fun playing some games over uh the next few episodes to see what we can turn this into thanks mike and like you said we're gonna try to have fun on every episode so um just to give there you all, there also could be a lot of debating in this episode too <laughs> it's a, lot, a lot of uh mixed mixed opinions on stuff yeah kit and i are like a couple old ladies uh, when we talk about stuff. Regardless if we love each other, we bicker a lot. So hopefully that'll be fun. Um, and just to give you guys a overview of kind of what the uh, structure of this podcast is going to be like is uh, the first section is going to be mainly me um, talking about various topics uh, like history, sports stuff, whatever it might be. Um, and our middle section is going to feature my guy, my kit, and we're going to call that Kit's Corner. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with that, including Kit's well-known facts that uh, hopefully everybody will love. And the third section is just going to be kind of a free-for-all. We're going to either play a fun game, have an interview, you know, whatever that might be. So... Hopefully you guys enjoy it and uh, keep uh, tuning in. So, with that being said, we're going to start it off with uh, something I wanted to talk about in this uh, first episode here. And uh, as a lot of my friends know that I'm a big Teddy Roosevelt guy, I am literally wearing a Teddy Roosevelt shirt as we speak right now. Yeah, I can attest to that. He, <laughs> he had it created just for himself. Yeah. Hey, a guy creates his own party called the Bold Moose Party. You're going to wear a shirt about that. So um, so there's a lot of stories about Teddy Roosevelt we could talk about. Uh, like I said, the Bold Moose Party, you know, his presidency, uh, the Rough Riders, how he ended the Russo-Japanese War and won the Peace Prize. I mean, the guy's a legend, but the story I want to talk about today is actually sports-related, and it's one I feel like doesn't get talked about a whole lot, and maybe I'm a little biased, but I think it's a, it's a very cool thing. So what I'm going to talk about today is how Teddy saved football. So let me draw a picture for you. So we're at the turn of the 20th century. And, you know, baseball's huge, but college football is actually a pretty big deal at that point. The problem was players were dying left and right or being 
absolutely seriously injured because the forward pass wasn't legal, and it was basically like a rugby scrum. It was just bad deal. Basically bashing heads together yeah. all the time. <laughs> Leather helmets, which obviously didn't help a whole lot. So uh, the Chicago Tribune reported that, like, in 1904, there was 18 football deaths and 160 serious injuries. And it was, like, mostly the school-age uh, kids. So, um, And the, the problem was that uh, they were worried about this continuing and being something that was going to make the sport uh, just fail, you know, and... They got to a point where the um, so Harvard, which was a football power at the time, um, were worried about this, and the Harvard president Charles Elliott um, kind of went out and said, you know, we don't we don't want these kids to die, and he even wrote in 1905 that he called he called it a barbarous ethics of warfare. So, they stopped playing. They did. Columbia, uh, Northwestern, Stanford, um, some colleges like that. And, you know, my guy Teddy was having none of that. Because his son was actually at Harvard at the time. And he wanted him to play football because he loved it. So, uh, just a quote from Teddy that is... um, to show how he felt about it. Harvard will be doing the baby act if she takes any such foolish course as President Elliot advises. And he was worried about producing what he called Molly Coddles instead of vigorous men. So you can take that as you will. But he was basically saying, I don't want these guys to become a bunch of pussies. <laughs> so... <laughs> um. So he, he tried to get the some of these presidents, like the Harvard president, uh, together and be like, hey, we should change the rules and make it a safer game because I think it's important to, you know, make it so these, these kids can play as well as, um, you know, learn uh, sportsmanship, teamwork, you know, that sort of thing. So... He got them together, but they still didn't change anything. So, he invited them to the White House to have a conference. And he finally got them to approve radical rule changes for the 1906 season. They legalized the forward pass. They abolished these mass formations that are like a rugby scrum. And they actually created a neutral zone between the offense and defense um, to just give space so they're not right next to each other to hit their heads against each other. And then doubled the first down distance to 10 yards to be gained in three downs because it used to be half that. So after these went into effect, the injuries fell sharply. Um, However, they still had... They still had a couple fatalities, so they actually uh, had another round of reforms um, that eased the restrictions on the forward pass just to kind of spread everybody out. But my guy Teddy, after basically calling the president of Harvard a big pussy, got them to change uh, these rules, which I think is awesome. You know, like... This is the president of the United States. He's getting Nobel Peace Prizes, but he still has time to be like, hey, we need to get, you know, the sport in check so we don't lose something that's great for America. And, you know, without that, would we have the NFL we have today? Would college football be the power it is today? I think that's amazing to look at because what what if he didn't step in and – they didn't, you know, do anything and had to abolish the sport. Would baseball be 
more popular today? Would basketball be more popular today? It's really an interesting conversation, and that's one of my favorite parts of history is that you have something like this happen, and you have to like look back at it and see how it, it changed everything. So that is the short version of what happened back in the early 1900s and how Teddy saved football. So, Kit, so, do you so, have any – go ahead. Yeah, so like I was thinking was – so this was more college football at the time, right? Yeah. Was there any professional football that affected, really, or was it more just college athletes? Can you kind of elaborate? Yeah, that? so the NFL didn't really exist at that time. Was there any pro football? There, there was, but not what you and I think of as professional football. Like, the NFL didn't really start until 1920, and then that's when – actual what we would consider pro football really started so really after he changed the rules was when pro football took off because it was yeah more- because it became more popular and if you actually look at um some of the colleges back then in the 1910s to 1920s you can see how the popularity rose and people were super into football because you made these rule changes that made the game more fun, not just safe, you know, with legalizing a forward pass. I mean, we talk about how important, you know, defense is and uh, ground and pound, but could you imagine watching a game where they literally never threw a pass? It, yeah, that would be crazy, <laughs> just literally banging heads together. Yeah, it'd just be absolutely There would be a lot of 0-0 games at that point compared to yeah exactly and i just besides these kids dying i think it just would be horrible to watch and uh yeah it's just it's amazing to think about um i had some more quotes from him i'm trying to look through my notes he that's one of my favorite things about teddy is that he was never afraid to speak his mind uh and basically call people out so so would you say though that with with the change in him calling out the Harvard president, was it more of him just telling him that, or did like, did he say he was going to create like a committee and create some rules, or was it all Teddy kind of coming up with it himself? Well, or did he it, ask the like? He, I don't know if it was the NCAA it, at that. And it time. wasn't just the Harvard president, and the only reason he did is because he went to he went to school there, and his son was playing there at the time. Um, but, I mean, he wrote he wrote a letter to his friend where he said he wasn't going to let President Elliott emasculate football, and but that he hoped to minimize the danger um, <laughs> without football having to be played on too ladylike of, of bases. You know, he wanted, he wanted to help the sport, but, you know, he wanted these guys to still be men, you know, so. So did he reach out to, like, college coaches at that point and ask him for input? Um, I don't think so. I never, I've never seen anything on that. I think just because back then the, the presence of the university probably had more power, you know, it's not like coaches now where you would reach out to Nick Saban. If you wanted to talk about, you know, rule changes, you would talk to the Alabama president or, or, I mean, like now it would be athletic directors probably too. So the presidents um, had more pull back in the yeah, day yeah, compared to yeah, and, currently in the athletic And, and I mean, back then, it was like Ivy League schools were, you know, the football power is not, you know, Texas and teams like now. So, um, to give uh, props where props is due, I got these from uh, Wall Street Journal and then uh, History.com did a great write-up on both of these um so that's where i got that this is kind of your forte because you you know being a history major this is kind of where you wrote a lot of papers on and yeah um and hopefully you know down the road we can talk about i did uh one of my senior seminar papers i did one on uh pro sports during the great depression and that was actually very very interesting um you would not believe like the various rule changes they made during that time, but 
we'll talk about that in a different time. Um, I'm trying to think what else uh, to add on this. Felt like I was going to talk a lot more. <laughs> it's the first one, so uh, bear with us. You got any other questions or thoughts on this, Mike? Not really. I mean, I kind of wanted to mo- like know that there's committees and stuff, but uh, I think you kind of got it. So yeah, yeah, that's true. So, all right. Well, this is the first section of this, and when we come back, hopefully, we'll have a better uh, structure to our our very first uh, kits corner. Um, we're gonna have a lot of fun with that, and uh, just be ready for us to debate a movie. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it should. I think it should be pretty fun. So we'll uh, we'll return with that. So appreciate you guys tuning in. Let's play a game. All right. Mm-hmm. On the count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it. Just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Velociraptor. Favorite non-pornographic magazine to masturbate to. Good housekeeping. If you were a chick, who's the one guy you would sleep with? John Samos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. All right. And we are back for our second section of Welcome to the Dog Pound. And this one is actually going to be kit kit's section called kit's corner but before we get to that kit did remind me that i didn't actually introduce myself at the beginning so my name is robbie nelson and my partner here is mike kit and we're going to be the dynamic duo for this podcast so i uh new to this kind of (laughs) so anyway so for the second section for our very very first kids corner we're gonna review a movie and talk about it so mike why don't you give us a little more background on what we're gonna do here absolutely so um really our first idea i thought i had for uh, kids corner was we're gonna take a movie that rotten tomatoes figures it's an awful movie we're talking under 25 percent and we're gonna review it and discuss it, and we're going to say if it's actually better or worse than their rating that's provided. Now, we know there's a lot of sites out there that might have movies that go up and down for you know ranking systems, but we really want to dive into this movie and give you our opinion if it's actually better or worse than what it is. So the first movie we're going to start out with today is called Absolutely Anything basis of absolutely anything it is on netflix if you like to watch it but the basis of absolutely anything is it basically turns into an alien movie that are reviewing earth to see if it's actually worth keeping all humans on earth or just wipe them out in general so they assign one person in the movie the ability, the power to absolutely do anything. He has absolutely control his life, and is he going to do with it good or evil? So in the movie, it ends up you know, turning out that he uses his powers, and it stars Simon Pegg as a school teacher named Neil Clark, Kate Beckinsale, Catherine, who's a book reviewer for a TV show that lives in Neil's building, uh, Rob Riggle, my favorite Rob of all time. Yeah, not me. He, yeah, exactly. <laughs> As uh, Colonel Grant and Robin Williams, his last movie he's ever appeared in as Dennis the Dog. That's right, Dennis <laughs> the Talking Dog. So ultimately, with this movie, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 19% viewing. Now, the viewers gave it a little bit of an upswing of 31%. But the critics gave it 19%. So this was definitely lower than our 25% review for the thing. So ultimately, we want to discuss it and say, is it worth you actually viewing it better or worse than Rotten Tomatoes? (laughs) What was your thoughts on the movie, Rob? All right. So Kit made me watch this movie. And first off... You know you loved it. (laughs) 
First off, let's talk about Kate Beckinsale, who's still an absolute smoke show. Dying so, piece. Yeah, yeah. So that part was great. Um, I enjoy Simon Pegg, um, but <laughs> so this movie I I felt like was kind of a take on kind of like Bruce Almighty, where you know God gave him his powers. I agree. Like yeah. it exactly mimicked that kind of. Thought. Yeah. So not for the Earth going to crap. Yeah. But yeah. Kind of but perfect. like, yeah, the person getting the the powers to do anything possible, good, good or evil. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I I don't know. This is hard. Like, I don't know if it's better than twenty five percent. I don't know if I can vote that. I. I actually had a good time watching it, though, so I honestly think it, it was better, because cause you had you had comedic elements, um, the plot was easy to follow, and it's, uh, even though the aliens were super weird, it had, I li- it had some horrific CGI. Yet. Oh, the CGI was absolutely terrible. Like cartoonish CGI. Almost. Yeah, it looked like a PS2 cutscene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but they they had a good banter, um, and like I said, I I enjoyed the comedic elements of him discovering his powers after they gave it to him because he didn't know, and then it just kind of happened by accident. So, I'll let. Mike, give us thoughts, and then we can talk about some of those scenes. Yeah, like, I, I thought it was... I would actually rate it higher than 25%. But my standards are probably more towards the center on movies. Yeah, that's I never true. think they're absolutely worse or absolutely great. You would watch anything, I think. Yeah, I agree. And at absolutely anything, I would watch again. Exactly. Uh, I, I mean, it really took a dynamic of... Like, I thought it was going to be more play into, you know, kind of the love story of him getting the girl. And it was part of the love story. But ultimately, he never, like, at the end, he finally, like, she agreed to dinner with him at the end. Yeah. So, like, it was kind of, it turned into, you know, more of, like, what hit. It was more of a, it looked on the aspect of, is he doing right in his life or is he doing bad things in his life? Yeah, so I mean, it didn't it didn't yeah. have a complete evolution of a love story or anything like that. It just turned into more of like he just wanted to do good and bad and make his life better and realized mm-hmm. at the end. Well, yeah, it came. Excuse me. It came full circle, but you know the problem is that it, um, you know. Everything went back to the way it was from the beginning, so he's the only one that remembers it. Well, yeah. except for the dog. And the dog. But we'll we'll, get <laughs> we'll, more we'll talk that. about the dog. Uh, so she doesn't remember anything that happened. So it was it's kind of disappointing because I felt like, the, like you said, it was they're building it, up this love story and everything. And it more it was more like a dream than it was anything yeah, else. Yeah. It reverted back to like where yeah. he started yeah. at the end of the movie. So. I mean, he definitely learned a lesson, I think, by the end of it, when he gave his powers to the dog, and, like, he was willing to let go of that ultimate power, even though he could do absolutely anything, yep. so. No, but to go back here, and we were talking about, so my favorite part of the movie completely was when he showed up at home, and the dog had just left him a nice turd on the floor and his power was he's like oh, I wish this turd would just clean itself up and it literally grew legs walked and went into the toilet and flushed itself oh man it, it had was... actual CGI legs yeah and I was that was about the best laugh I got out of the whole day was uh, watching a turd walk across the floor I almost had to turn it off just because I was like this is so asinine but <laughs> it did it did make me laugh. The the turds literally walking to the toilet. And it even had the plop sound when it jumped in. So that was pretty funny. And then, like, right there they had when he was drinking the whiskey because he thought he was crazy. And then it, like, went down the drain. And then 
I don't know if you noticed this or not when I came back out. It, just, it had like the Cheerios and all the stuff. Yeah. Just trapped in, <laughs> in the whiskey. Yeah. And then when he's like, exchange yourself for a single malt, it literally like walked out the door yep. to go down to the liquor store. Yep. And it crashed into the, <laughs> the liquor, liquor store. store yeah. So that was. I, I enjoyed those parts because I thought it was uh, pretty funny. Like, just. Like, you figure out you have these powers and, like, in the most ridiculous way. And I will say with this movie, it was basically an all-English cast. Yeah. I think Kate Beckinsale might be Australian. But she... It's an all-mainly English cast, accent cast, and Rob Riggle plays an American colonel Colonel, in the movie. So he ultimately is the only American that's in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I th- and Rob Riggle plays a pretty good bad guy. Yeah. A, a comedic bad guy, yeah. but a good bad guy. Like, uh, when he catches uh, Neil to give him all those wishes or whatever, and he has them tied up, and they makes <laughs> them have those uh, big ears and the web feet, and he he's dressed like a woman. and He changes all the, the placement in England to pink uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was, it was so stupid, but I, yeah, it. Uh, and I couldn't believe this movie was rated R. Yeah, well, and I think it was because there was a nudity where Simon oh, Pegg yeah. wished for a, a good-looking body, and it gave him a, a woman's, woman's body, body that was nude. Yes, <laughs> which I did not see coming. I did not see that coming. Um, and speaking of that scene, he asked for a bigger dick, and, and it literally it, gives him like the a biggest huge dick ever, and it weighs him down. He so can't even stand. <laughs> oh, it was. And yeah. the, I don't know if you noticed, uh, he then asked for uh, one that a woman be pleased with, and it's actually a black dick. And he's like, no, make it white. M- make it the right color. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or make uh, it not, 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 that yeah. 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 So that was pretty funny, uh, too. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the dog. So give me your thoughts on what is Robin Williams' last acting credit basically i mean i mean it turns in it you could definitely tell that it's got robin williams-esque banter in it because it's very quick-witted it's very i mean granted that's just the way he talks that's true so it, it does play him well i mean granted it's not him himself it's just his voice now ultimately i would go back and say that Basically, in the movie, it was kind of ironic that he talks to the dog, and the dog is just like biscuits, biscuits, biscuits. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, he wishes oh, red that- biscuits. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then at that point, he wishes that the dog had some kind of form of intelligence so yeah. that he could rational, rational thought. Yeah. Rational thought was what he put to it. Yes. And at that point, it was kind of funny. Was at the end of the movie, he decides to give his power to the dog. And the first thing the dog does with it is wishes the power source of whatever gave them the aliens giving them the power would be vanquished, you know, vanquished. And so at that point, it's amazing that literally the whole time this human has it and for literally 30 seconds, he gives it to the dog. The dog realizes how much power he has and just gives it all back. Yeah. So it's kind of funny when, you know, you think of it, the dog, even though the dog has rational thought, the dog thinks to himself, it's not worth having this power, and the dog's actually smarter than the human being in this case. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I enjoyed the dog, too, because he, even with the rational thought, he was still thinking like a dog. He's like, I want to shag your leg, and... When he kept telling... Uh, uh, Simon Pegg to shag Kate Winslet, yeah. Kate Beckinsale in it. Yeah, he's like... He kept yelling from the other room, shag her. <laughs> do her! Yeah, do her. <laughs> and she's like, who's Dennis? And he's like, that's my plumber. And then he's like, I love you, Dennis. He's my brother, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was... Tell it, me you love me! <laughs> <laughs> so that's when she thought he was... Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly yeah. at that point. And that, that was post after they did it, right? Because there was that, that small period where... He lost actually the powers because the aliens. He was trying to make her love him. Yeah, and he yeah, thought yeah. she loved him, but she had just. She was just hammered and wanted, wanted to, to pound one out. Yeah, and so he thought <laughs> she loved him. Yeah, yep, so 
That is true. So he he got by where she actually liked him, and she, he didn't know it because he thought he used the powers. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, yeah. So the dog's funny, and like you said, like this whole time he was trying to do the right thing. Because remember, he is like in world hunger and uh, war and all that. But the way he worded it, the world hunger ended up as everybody getting super fat. Got obese because yeah. they had as much food <laughs> as, as food they wanted. And then the war, it was like, he said, not declare war. How did he put that? Something that, that war was not a possibility. But it was funny. It, was, it turned into everybody declaring war on each other. Even though they weren't fighting, they were still declaring war on each other because they were like... It was for no reason. It was for no yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. So no reason to actually fight for war, but people were still declaring war. Yeah. And then he wanted global warming to end, and it turned into an ice age uh, yeah. end. Like, so it was it was just amazing that even if he was trying to use it for good, it, yeah. was, it was not making the world actually be better, better because yeah. it was turning into basically reverting back to the exact opposite. So yeah. everything he did was the exact opposite. Yeah. And uh, so his best friend at the school was Ray, the Indian dude, who was obsessed with another teacher, and he wanted her to worship him. So Neil makes it happen, and it turns out where she's actually worshiping him like a god. Instead of loving him. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and he's like, this is not uh, Yeah. So, because she wanted to sacrifice him to see if he was immortal. Yep. Because they got so like cool status. Yeah. They basically made a church for him. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, give us more thoughts, Mike. I know you have more thoughts on it. I mean, that's kind of. I mean, personally, what I would think would be, like, rating wise, like, I know I said I think it's better than 25%. Total yeah. out of. So, if we've got a scale of, uh, I would say, out of 10. I would give it a four out of ten, would be my scaling. Okay. Because I mean, it had some decent comedy to it. It had a simple structure of a plot line you could follow. Yeah. I, I wouldn't like if even if I was watching this movie, I wouldn't shut it off in the middle. Like there's some movies I shut off in the middle because I'm it's yeah. getting nowhere. At least this one, even if I wasn't watching it for just this review, I would I would have continued to watch it just to finish it. And I mean. But like I said, I I tend to go in the middle on all movies. So yeah. like I, unless I shut it off, it's going to be less than twenty five percent. What would you have given it for like a rating? It's it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. It like I said in the beginning, like it had funny parts. It had a plot you could follow, even though the alien part of it was ridiculous. But <laughs> I mean, you you have the the main character, you know, learning something, and you know, Rob Riggle was quite the quite the <laughs> random villain. So, but I'm trying to think, like, if I if I sat down and had this on, would I turn it off or not? <sighs> I don't know. It depends on what would time. Change the when, station. Yeah, like if I caught it in the middle definitely turn it off but if i started from the beginning mm, i'd probably still watch it i don't think i like it as much as you do because you enjoy weird shit like this but <laughs> i enjoy the love aspect which that's what hurt it for me if it yeah. had more of a love like a rom-com type of movie to me yeah i probably would have given it a little bit higher but it, it didn't yeah. it just it like literally cliff hanged it's like yep let's go out on a date <laughs> kind of thing, which you never know what could turn out. Yeah, but to be fair, he gets to start over, and she doesn't have to remember any of the bad stuff. Like, because remember, she was offended that he could do all these things. So she's like, I don't even know if I like you or not, because I don't know if it's because of your powers, mm -hmm. you know. So like, now I she can't... doesn't have to remember that. Yep. And he that, learned a lesson, too, so... Well, that was like when he was creating the powers for Rob Riggle. Rob Riggle asked the last item for her to fall in love with him. Yeah. And she actually did fall, fall in, in love, love with him. him. Yeah. And then right after that happened, he, fi he yeah. fixed it 
but that scared her because like that realized like how yeah. powerful the power was and that's yeah. like she didn't want to be around it at that point yeah until he true. got everything corrected and went back to yeah yeah time. so so would you get out of four out of like i'm sorry out of ten would you give it a two three less i know you said huh. so on a scale of one to ten i feel like one is i'm definitely turning it off because it's absolutely terrible so basically between 10 percent or zero to 10 percent yeah i think it's either a three or a four can i do halves sure do so halves. three and a half three and where a half. i wouldn't so a little bit better than what the critics get so you're yeah. basically on the audience score of 31 yeah i mean it wasn't the worst movie i've ever seen but i mean <laughs> the the premise is kind of stupid you know so but I enjoyed it. I agree. Like I, I mean, I'm not. I'm probably not gonna ever watch it again. Like if it was yeah. on TV or on Netflix again, I wouldn't just start mm. it up. It's but, a, yeah. You know, I, I'm one of those persons that I'll I'll try any any movie and see what it's like for a little bit, and you know, make up that decision. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be the perfect movie. It's just something to. Yeah, but I mean, time. if we look at, you know, like a. Well, what's what would you categorize this movie? A rom com or just a comedy? Oh man, it's got some sci fi in it. Yeah, because of uh. the aliens. <laughs> um, yeah, I would probably say I'd probably say more just comedy. I mean, because it doesn't have the romantic aspect of it, but I yeah, I'd probably just go more just the comedy base. Yeah, I mean, um. Yeah, so what I mean by that is, like, you know, Happy Gilmore isn't the best movie of all time, but anytime that's on, I'm watching it, because it makes me laugh. Yeah, and it's got quotable parts to it. Yeah, yeah. This movie did not have, have, like, quotable parts to it that's going to keep you, you know, quoting it two, three years, four years later. Yeah, that's true. So... All right, so... So, yeah, if you guys really, you know, with Kit's Corner here, if you really want to see absolutely anything, it's out there on Netflix. <laughs> Just take a take a gander at it. Yeah. You know, hey, shoot us some feedback if you thought it was better, worse. You know, we're yeah. on uh, Twitter at Welcome to the Dog Pound. Yeah. So, uh, you know, hit us up. You know, let us know how you like the uh, the movie. Yeah, absolutely. See, say if it's better, worse. We may even create a, a, a Twitter poll out there. Say if you... You you enjoyed it or did not enjoy it, or maybe even indifferent. Yeah, yeah. We want to hear uh, what you guys think, and uh, if you have any ideas for what Mike should talk about um, for this, let us know too. We're always open for ideas. You know, there's no set structure. Absolutely anything. <laughs> exactly. Perfect segue here. So, Mike, what? do you have for us for your kit fact so as everybody uh you know might know me is i like to come up with some some interesting facts and put out there um i guess I, you'd always say curiosity killed the kit because um, <laughs> i'm always curious and i like to know different information like and like i said i'm a, a jack of all trades but a master of none so i know a little bit about everything but this is true i i, I don't know oh you know about one certain thing so <laughs> the uh the thing i wanted to bring up for my interesting fact this year was you know right now we got we're, we're sitting here doing this podcast and we got some great pork on the old smoker getting yep. smoked up and getting ready for some some barbecued meat so you know what you know why not talk about some of the the greatest things about iowa which is pork I was known for its pigs. So, did you know that Iowa has, uh, sorry, 22.7 million pigs in the whole state of Iowa? Wow. Yeah. And you know what Iowa has for people? 3.15 million people (laughs) in the state of Iowa. Which uh... comes out to 7.2 pigs per person. So think about it. You could own seven of your own pigs if everybody in the state, everybody in Iowa got your, or if you got a pig, mm-hmm. would be from the state of Iowa. Now let's compare this to the U.S. Okay. So in the U.S., there's 
1.9 million pigs okay. in the whole United States. And there's 326,700 million people in the in the United States, okay. which only amounts to 0.22 pigs per person. <laughs> so that means in the state of Iowa, compared to the U.S., 7.22 to two, or uh, sorry, 7.22 to two. Point two two. Sorry, yeah. just point two two. Seven. Basically, we're looking at a huge difference in the state of Iowa compared to the U.S. So Iowa amounts for literally Iowa. If you look at Iowa, they are taking from like literally the top other out of the top five. They have more yeah. pigs than even the four other states combined. Why can't you love Iowa and it's pork? Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Pork so production. I like uh, your pigs per person unit of measurement. So we have the highest triple P out of anybody. Exactly. That's, that's great. That's seven point two two pigs <laughs> per person. That's. I even uh, had to sit down and do the math to make sure like it all worked out. Well, I I enjoy I enjoy kit math. So. Uh, <laughs> Picks per person. You heard it here, for folks. We could be overtaken by pigs at any moment hey. in the state of Iowa. Hey, I'd, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> I'd be well fed. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I enjoyed this section very much. I think this is going to be the funnest part of the podcast every every episode. So, hope you guys enjoyed it, too. And when we come back... Uh, usually we would have an interview, um, or an, a guest, but, uh, it's just going to be Kit and I, so we'll play a fun game for you guys, so I hope you enjoy it. We're going we're gonna to see how it turns out. We might have a little <laughs> flavor from absolutely anything, but yeah. we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll see how it turns out, so we will return. I'm going to want to map. Somebody at the door. The bell. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. The bell. The bell. The bell. Hey, whoa, whoa, the bell. Whoa. Hey, hey, somebody. There it goes again. Hey, hey, somebody at the door. Oh, no. Have I done something wrong again? No, just just be quiet. Do you understand me? Yes. It's anything to stop you being angry with me. There it goes again. Hey, 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 hey. Dennis, listen. Just listen, 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 listen. Be quiet. That is an order. Right. Right. I, I like obeying orders, especially your orders. Good. Well, then shut the fuck up. Right, right. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, right. Good boy. All right, and we're back for our last section of the first Welcome to the Dog Pound podcast with Kit here and myself. And since we don't have anybody to interview today, we're going to try to play a fun game and see if you guys uh, enjoy it or not. So, Kit, let the people know what we're going to do here. Okay. So, ultimately, what we're going to do is a game I played in the past with some few people at work where um, we basically name an actor and we go back and forth and see who can survive the longest uh, with naming their films. Um, so, example, if you got... Tom Selleck, can we start out and you name three men and a baby? Boom, that's yours. And then it goes to the next person. So back and forth banter until uh, uh, basically someone bows out. So we may have to fact, uh, fact check each other, but <laughs> ultimately we're uh, we're going to see if we can uh, play this game and see who can come out on top. Yeah, I think it should be fun. So who wants to go first? You want me to go first? or You, you? you can draw first, and I'll be the first one to start naming. Okay. We uh, have them written on pieces of paper here, so I'm going to draw. And the first is our girl that we were talking about before, Kate Beckinsale. So, Ooh, Ooh nice. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to stick to the movie we just reviewed and go with absolutely anything. Good call. We're, we're at a little bit of flavor in there <laughs> for some actors that might have been in absolutely anything just to kind of yeah. go forward. Um, I'm going to choose Click with your boy Adam Sandler. Nice. Yeah. Great great movie. Yeah. I'm going to follow that up with a movie that I like is Serendipity. A little, oh. little romantic comedy. Of, Rom-com, a little, of course. A little, yeah, a little bit of uh, the, guy, the guy gets the girl in the end. Yes. 
Okay. Um, I will choose Underworld, the original one. The well, we're going. Or we going series, yeah, right? Series so. that counts as one. Okay. Um. So we're two to two right here, right? Yep. Oh, this is gonna. This is gonna be tough, man. She she was a tougher tough actress to come up with movies on. <clears throat> oh man. I don't know if I have one. <laughs> you took your rom-com one already, yeah, I so... I, I saved that. Yeah. Did you have any more you could think of? Because I can't. Well, like, the only thing I can think of her in is Underworld, because since there's, like, eight of them. <laughs> yeah. um, gosh. Oh. oh, there was something else that she was in that was very similar. Oh, I got it. Van Helsing. I'm pretty she sure she she's the in, chick. She is in Van Helsing. She's yeah. That's a very similar movie to the other one. Yeah. I wouldn't have got that. I'm trying to pull up her uh, <laughs> filmography and yeah. see, see what she has here. Uh, she's in Kate and Leopold. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I think it was Kate Leopold, if I think about it right. Anything else that's uh, fun in there? She's in The Aviator. Oh, yeah, that's a good movie. And it wasn't Kate and Leopold. I was incorrect. <laughs> Aviator was a good movie. That's with the Leo, right? Yep. Yeah. She was in the remake of the Total uh, Total Recall, which I did not see. I didn't see it because I refused to see any remake of an Arnold classic. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's about it for well-known movies. It was right. in Pearl Harbor, too. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Josh Arnett. And our boy Ben Affleck. Yep. That was good. That was good. So, I won the first round. Yeah. Okay. Rob wins. Okay. Next one is... Sticking with absolutely anything character, Robin Williams. Okay. Um... I feel like using absolutely anything is cheating, so we'll save that till later. I'm gonna go with uh, Aladdin as the genie another, voice. Another voice. That counts, character. right? Yep. Any another voice? voice character. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Mrs. Doubtfire. Classic. Classic. Um, I'm gonna go with Good Morning Vietnam. Good. 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 Eighties. I think it was 80s, wasn't it? It might be early 90s. I'm not early sure. 90s. Gotcha. Um, I'm going to follow that up with Patch Adams. Ooh, yeah. That's a good one. Sad, but good. Um, the movie where he grows old, is that called Jack? I'd give it to you because I think it's called Jack. Yeah. It's plain Jack, I think. Yeah, I don't know of anything. Can Can I look just that up? Sure. Jack. I just want... Because I don't want to lose on that. <laughs> I would say it's called Jack, because that's the only thing I can think of. Yes, it's called Jack. Gotcha. Yeah, so I get that one. Okay, I'm going to go with... Hmm. Ooh, I got another one that I'm surprised you're not thinking of right now. Really? Is that... I feel like we've I'm seen this movie together. I feel like there's so many together. animated movies out there with him in it. Yeah. That w- oh, I'm going to go with Hook. Him playing Peter Pan. Yeah, I. that's what I, one I had in mind, too, because I love Dustin Hoffman. Bring me Peter Pan. Yep. So, uh, the one I thought you were going to say that you're going to be mad that I'm going to take is One Hour Photo, where he's the creepy uh, photo guy. One hour oh, photo. One hour photo. Yeah. Yep. Because yep. I, I thought you liked that movie or something. For some reason I do like that. Yeah. Movie. It is. It's, it's definitely super weird, weird. But I don't mind it. <laughs> um. God, I feel like he was the voice of the '90s with mo- with movies. What? I, I'm gonna have to bow out again. You okay. Got me on movies, because I don't know. I'm going to take a stab in the dark 
And I think he voiced the weird bat-looking thing in the animated movie Fern Gully. So Fern fa- Gully. Fern Gully. Check, check it for me. Fern Gully. I think so. And what are we looking like here? Can you find his uh, filmography page? All right, I'm just gonna look up Fern Gully. And boom, Batty Coda. Wow. He voiced in Fern Gully. So some of them that I've forgotten was he was in the very original Popeye he did back in like oh yeah yep yeah with his big arms and all and I forgot Jumanji oh of course because I should remember that Kirsten Dunst young Kirsten Dunst um he's in the Birdcage oh yeah he he, doesn't he play a gay guy him and uh, Nathan Lane right Nathan Lane yeah Flubber great great remake (laughs) oh man. I love Flubber. Uh, Goodwill Hunting. Well, of course, movie. it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Um, it's kind of the bigger names. A m- movie that I love with a great singer, JoJo RV. Oh, how'd you forget that one? Great, JoJo's your girl. A man. great TBS movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then he did he did Old Dogs. Oh yeah, yeah. With yeah. Uh, that Old group. Dogs. Yep. And that's I've, about... Oh, Night at Museums. Oh, duh. Yeah. He plays Teddy Roosevelt. That's right. Your boy, Teddy Roosevelt, Night yeah. at Museums. I think if we would have kept going, if he didn't bow out, I would have got to that Yeah, it would just taken me too long to figure yeah. it out. That's okay. That's okay. okay. All right. Got a couple more here. Who we got next? I'm going to draw... <laughs> Nick Cage. Let's Ooh. see what Kit can do here. Nick Cage. I always get infused with uh, John Cusack, so... Watch out. <laughs> they're not even the They no, don't even look the same. they're very close. They oh. always do the same movies, it seems like to me. Oh, no way. No way. I'm going to do a movie called Next, where he sees into the future. Future, yeah. Yep. Gone in 60 seconds. Gone in 60 seconds. I'm going to follow that up with National Treasure Series. I figured you were going to go there. Yep. I'm going to go with... He's in the first Kick-Ass which is that uh, kind of superhero like, movie? He plays the character like comic Big book, Daddy, yep. comic book style. Yeah, gotcha. I'm gonna follow that up with a movie called Snake Eyes. I don't think I've ever saw that. Yeah, it's kind of it's based around like I think he plays like a military, like like a general or military like sergeant or something. Okay, and they're at uh, like a boxing event in a casino and. Basically, all hell breaks loose, and okay. he's trying to be a good guy and go against some of the the bad guys. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting, if I remember right. Interesting. Okay. Um, oh, a classic that also feel, features my boy Steve Buscemi in a very creepy role, Con Air. Oh, great movie! <laughs> great movie! Great movie! Um. Nick Cage. Oh, you can do this, Mike. There's I like there's, there's like so four I can movies. think of right now. The problem is I I don't until I until I see him in front of me I'm like oh yes that is definitely he is part of. He was in some good mid '90s action movies. Uh, you said Gone thinking. in sixty seconds. I right? did. Yeah. Um. I would have to think of the name. Uh. Is it Escape from Alcatraz? Or, no, it's... You're on the right track. They're at Alcatraz. Yep. It features one of my Uh, other favorite actors, Sean Connery. Connery. It's Uh, also a nickname of one of my... The Rock. There you go. There we go. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Another 90s action classic featuring your boy from Greece, Face Off, with John Travolta. Love it. (laughs) Great movie. Yeah. Um, Nick Cage is gonna get me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can think. Of, I can once I know the movie, I can be like, "Yep, he was in it or not." But uh, it's hard to think of these. I think you're gonna have to stump me again. <laughs> Ooh, there is now. I think one. There's a movie called Knowing. 
Okay. I'm pretty sure it's him. Is it Knowing? Well, we'll look it up. Okay. There's a movie called Knowing where it's like the end of the world. Yep. It's yep. called Knowing. Boom. Finally Good pulled job. Out of 2009. Uh, there's this there's this one I want to bring up, but I can't remember what it's called. It's like the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yeah. That he yeah. Did, yeah. Oh, is that, that what it's be, called? I, it is a Sorcerer. It's Sorcerer's Apprentice something. Let me but look it up. I think that brings up another one for me. If you look up, I'm sorcerers. looking up sorcerers to make sure I'm right. Oh yeah, that's Nick Cage. Okay. <laughs> now, was he? Hmm, there was a mo- there was a superhero movie that he was in. In. I well, think I already, he, already named Kickass. No, but there was a nut. Wasn't he? Like it was called like Hellraiser or uh, no? Oh, I can't think of the name of it. It's I can't hell. Get it. It's hell something. Isn't nope. it? This is going to really make you mad when I tell you what it's called. It is. There was actually two of them. Yeah, there was a second one. He rode yeah. like a Harley. Yep, it's a he... Marvel character. Yep. You're going to be really mad. You have to get it to me because I'm not, I don't have a. I don't have another one. I just okay. know the character. It's a Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. He yep. has a flaming skull and rides a Harley. Yeah. Yep. I. Yeah. And uh, it's a absolutely terrible movie. Yep. Because he doesn't do the character justice at all. And they made two of them, huh? They they made two of them. The other one, Spirit of Vengeance, is the name of it. It's See, I could go one. Nick Cage all day, baby. Oh man, <laughs> I'm trying to pull up his. Uh, see if there's any other ones we missed that would stand out. I'm sure there's some. I'm sure it's a huge list. He was in a lot of stuff, like, that you're probably not even thinking of. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I just looked it up. I'm going to be mad I didn't name this one. City of Angels with our girl Meg Ryan and one of the best Goo Goo Dolls songs of all time. And oh, of course, leaving Las Vegas, he won a award for that, I believe. Yeah, Wind Talkers was another one. The oh, the, yeah. war, the war movie about the weatherman, the wicker man. I forget about those. <laughs> oh man! Hey, he had a minor role in Fast Times at Richmond High. Yep. Interesting. I did not know that. Learning something new on a Sunday. This is cool. Huh. So, yeah, one more uh, actress here. I'm still looking through Nick Cage here, oh, man. You, Give me a second. You like, you like his filmography, uh, huh? Oh, he had a voice in The Croods in 2013. Uh, get, Season get, of the Witch? God, he has... Oh, Lord of War. I actually like that movie. You Him that. and uh, the the dude that's in 30 Seconds to Mars. Uh, Jared Leto. It's his little brother. Basically, he doesn't have the greatest career, but you get past 2008 for him, it's all pretty, really, really downhill. Yeah, but 90s, he was killing it, man. He had a Leaving lot. Las Vegas, The Rock, Con Air, Face Off, City of Angels, all those did pretty good. Gone 60 seconds. Hmm. National Treasure, I mean, that... That's probably his biggest That should have had a third one. I'm surprised that wasn't a trilogy. Okay, sorry. Okay. You gotta last, pull it up. Last, last one. one here. We're going to go with Julia Roberts. Ooh, this is your girl. I just feel like she would be. Actually, yeah. Sandra Bullock's your girl. Yeah, that would have been cheating. Um, all right. I'm going to go Aaron Brockovich. Good movie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow that up with Runaway Bride. Oh. Yeah. That's her, right? Yeah. Was she the girl in My Best Friend's Wedding? Yes, because yeah. the, it was Cameron Diaz. Diaz was the actual bride, right? I think so. Okay, yep. so I'll, I'll use that one. And she was marrying her friend, the guy that she was in love with. Yeah. Ooh, hot Cameron Diaz, too, like mid-90s. Ooh. Yep. Um, Julia Roberts. Oh, I'm going to go with Pretty Woman. Oh, of course, of course. Go a little bit older. That is a little bit older. That's a good one. Oh, man, you might get me on this one. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Julia Roberts. I always just associate. Oh, duh. She was in some of the Oceans movies. Yep. 
Yeah, yep. she was Ocean's uh, eleven through thirteen. I think she's in all of them. She was. She's George Clooney's wife or ex-wife. Yeah, ex-wife turned yeah. into back lover. Yeah. So that's a series. So I'm just gonna name that. Yep. Um. Trying to think anything newer she's in. I feel like I'm going to pull one out of the top of my head like I did with uh, Nicolas Cage. You will. Man. I do not have one. Julia Roberts. Do you have I think one, I'm out, do too. You have one, you have to say, yeah. Do you have one on top of your head? That was a tough one. Nick Cage, I could go all day. Because you like all his action movies from the <laughs> 90s. That's why. Um, I'm just a Nick Cage fan. Is Julia Roberts in Swordfish? Well, Halle Berry's in it. Is Julia Roberts in it, too? What character? Was she... Maybe. That's a good question. I may be wrong, but we'll see here. I just, if I you can know, fact check it. High school me remembers Halle Berry in that movie, so. It's true. <laughs> nope, it's just Halle Berry. So I'm out now. Yeah. I, I honestly can't think of uh, any more off the top of my head. There's going to be a ton of these that I'm going to be like, seriously? Oh, the Pelican Brief. That's She's a in good the movie. Mi- Mystic Pizza. That's an older movie. Pelican Brief's a good one. That's based off of a book. Is that a Michael Creighton book? No, no. it's uh, John Grisham, I believe. Oh, she's in a movie we listed earlier. She plays Tinkerbell in Hook. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Yeah, there's so many movies you. you oh don't yeah, think she was. Of. Another rom-com was Notting Hill, wasn't it? Yep. Man. I'm trying to think. Any of these other ones. I've you really don't think seen. of her as a voice actor, so that's why yeah. it's tough to distinguish her voice. Oh, she's in the movie. I forgot about Stepmom when she oh, with yeah. Ed, with Ed Harris. That's the really sad one, isn't it? Where he has the mom. The one has away. cancer or something. Yep. Yeah. And Tom Hanks is uh, Larry Crown. Oh, yeah, yeah, Yep. So, a fun uh, Nick Cage fact for you. He was this close to playing Superman in a movie called Superman Lives. If you Google his name, Superman, you'll find his uh, him in the costume. It's hilarious. Really? To think that... Nick Cage could have been... And when was this? Back in, like... The 90s. The 90s. So, peak Nick Cage. So, it would have Seriously, been... look it up. Really? Look it up. Huh. You, you gotta look at the picture. It's super funny. Interesting. It's, uh... <laughs> he has the long hair, kind of like he does in Conair. Probably right at that time. You're right. Told you. Look at that. How ridiculous would that have been? He kind of looks like who's the the villain in the Superman shows with the long hair. Um, well, Lex has hair before it gets. Uh, no, I'm, think, becomes... I'm thinking of Thor's. Oh, Loki. Yeah, Loki yeah, and yeah, Thor. Yeah. That's who it looks like. He looks a lot <laughs> like Loki. Definitely not gonna have Kit on any comic book uh, discussions. No. <laughs> That's okay. But Cap- Captain America is about the only thing that Ooh. I know a little bit about. There we go. Hey, what what is your motto? You are a jack of all trades, but oh, master of none. Exactly. There I know, you go. Might know one thing about Captain America. Hey, it's better than none. Yep. So, all right. Well, I think we're gonna wrap up uh, episode number one. I uh, definitely enjoyed this. I hope you did too, Mike. I did. Good. Thanks so. For- having me along with it yeah well we are the dynamic duo i think uh this will be fun for everybody involved um before we wrap up i want to give a shout out to 
my guys Aaron and Ryan that I did the comic book uh, after credits cast podcast with those guys. They uh, showed me that you know this is something fun to do, and I wanted to start my own and asked Mike to help me. So um, shout out to those guys, and we uh, are always looking for more ideas of what we should talk about um, or if you guys have any questions for us, so reach out to us on Twitter. Um, yep. The exact, uh, the handle at Twitter is uh, welcome, exactly like how it sp- sounds, and then dog, spelled as D-A-W-G, and then P-N-D, so dog pound, but abbreviated, so, you know, give us a follow, shout out to us, you know, we'll uh, see what we can uh, get in there, and we'll, we'll have special guests on from occasion, and, and see what we can uh debate or you know talk about you know there could be some college football in there could be you know just sports in general it could get into movies um random random things around that you probably would never think of so you know that's what my take is i want to bring a little bit of uh you know a little bit of everything to the podcast where you know rob likes to uh stick to his sports and history yeah and uh yeah like mike said i think we're gonna dig into college football once we get around to that time and um you know pro sports too well we'll see maybe do some fancy football talk too and uh we'll just keep it light and fun so thanks for joining us and uh see you all next time on welcome to the dog pound who after the party is yeah. the Waffle House uh-huh. If you ever been here you know what I'm talking yeah. about uh-huh. Where people don't dance all they do is yeah. this uh-huh. And after the this original you know what it is Welcome to this is remix It had to go down I got something else to tell you about the new Motown oh, Where people don't visit they move out here And ain't no telling who you might see up in Lenox Square yeah. I don't know about you but I miss the Freak Nick Cause that's when my city used to be real sick People from other cities used to drive for miles Just to come and get a taste of this ATL MVP, most ballin' is player Make my own moves, call me the mayor Monday night, you know things change with time Magic City back looking like 89 All my homies on the south side up in the Ritz Tuesday night, the velvet room, same shit Wednesday, strokers, I don't go no more Cause they don't know how to treat you when you come through the door Thursday night, was pushed, but we moved the fuel And I be up in the booth, drunk, acting the fool Friday night, at Kaya, they still got love And the shark bar be poppin' like it's a nightclub Saturday still off the easy for she's it. You can find me up in one tweezy Sunday, getting me some sleep, please. I'm on my way to the deck to hit jazz and tease. Holla.